We're recording. Welcome to a bonus Jubilee Street. Street, street, street. I'm Ian McCurtis. McCurtis, McCurtis, McCurtis. You are? Jake, Jake, Jake. Jake, 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 that's right. Every week we talk about a Nick Cave song. Some weeks we don't talk about a Nick Cave song, and then we do a bonus episode where we do talk about a Nick Cave song. This week it's I Do, Dear, I Do. It's a B-side from Boatman's Call, and it's not on the B-sides collection either, so it's like a ultra B-side. Yeah, we call them BZs on Jubilee Street. I wish you happy Christmas. I do, dear, I do. I wish for you the star. So, shout out to best friend of the pod, Kurt Diggler, who Kurt Diggler. turned us on to this song. We were talking a week or two ago about how, you know, there weren't many Nick Cave Christmas songs, and he hit us up with a link to this. And I, I'd never heard the song before. Like, I have the B-side collection, but it's not on there. And I'm not the kind to go, like, hunting on YouTube for B-sides of any bands, really. So there's probably tons of B-sides I haven't heard, and this was one of them. Yeah, it, I don't think we would have really known about this one. And it's only re- there's only really a faint mention of Christmas. I think it's more of a tone set, a setting. Um, but it is the, the first line. It is the first line, so I think it's a very like particular. Ah, they talk about, you know, champagne, and there's some other pretty good little lines. I'm kind of surprised this is a B side, but, uh, you know the the kind of like demo ish production and recording quality add a nice charm to this. That, you know, you throw it on your Christmas playlist and maybe kiss or smooch with your with your sweetie. It's a good one. It's a good song. Yeah, this is a weird this is a weird little episode because I have no relation to this song, which is usual for you, but not usual for me. I I Crazy Nancy. <laughs> my big wonder with this, like, as I was listening, is how finished was it? Like did he consider this a finished product that he would have been fine putting on the record or like, what's he like, this needs some more work before it's a finished song. This is as far as I got. Like, I was just wondering, and I guess we'll never know until we have Nick Cave on episode hundred. We'll never know. Uh, how finished is this song? Um, I think you can tell it's got a demo quality to it in the way that I, there's not really a verse chorus structure to this. I think it's just kind of like a stream of consciousness lyrically. Uh, the music is really good, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I got to say, in general, I just love the vibe of Boatman's Call. I love the album cover. I love the kind of music he was writing around this time. And this just kind of feels like a nice little, like, cozy, you know, return to Idiot Prayer and um, is into my arms on this one. Oh, people ain't no good. It's got a very ballad quality. I think it's a nice amuse-bouche 
before you listen to our episode or after you listen to our episode about the Pogues fairy tale of New York. It's a very like somber kind of a, a juxtaposition to the American Christmas that some of our listeners might be tired of by now. It's just very like cavian Christmas adjacent track, you know, nothing too fancy, nothing too frilly. It's fitting that we're doing it just a couple days after the fairy tale New York episode, because this is also like a kind of bitter song towards our romantic partner. There's that verse the sometimes I cannot sleep the greatness of my hate for you. Which it's so... Oh, that's a good line. It's such a good it's line. So dark. And it's relatable of like, you know, like someone you might have been dating or even if you weren't dating, you like wanted to date them and then you know there was someone else and you're just like laying there at night like thinking about it. Like, it's a very relatable line. But it's so funny how bluntly Nick Cage puts it. I think the Vermont, uh, Republican nominee is unfit. <laughs> Sorry. Is that Obama? Hey, does Obama have I'm something he wants off. to say about this song? Yeah, he called in. I uh <laughs> I'm sorry, he he interrupted, but um you know, I got to say What's this thing with Trump and you? I don't it's, it's like me and Letterman. What has he got against you here? I don't get it. You know, this all right, well. Back to uh when we were growing up together. You can edit that out. I thought that was going to be a funnier clip. China. I mean, I don't know what that meant, but I trust Obama's smarter than me, so thank you for your insight, uh, former president. It's what I do. <laughs> so um, anyway, we can edit that out. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just – I don't know. No edits. 2020. He's acting up today. Uh, you know, it's 2020. Tim Heidecker canceled Christmas, so I have nothing else to live for. I just got a pile of Christmas trees and presents I have to give away. And, you know, I, I threw away all these Christmas cookies I made. And, you know, now I'm talking about this gibbering goon that Nick Cave's like, you know, sad that his old lover's hanging out with. But uh, I was going to ask you, what about this? What, what about this? Um, this verse where it says, I ain't no whirlwind below your wing. Wish that you will keep safe up there in your leather, babe. With your ivory and ape. I don't know what any of that means. I It, it makes I me think know. that he's like <laughs> about know. some weird BDSM thing he's into, like leather babe, ivory and ape. I don't know. Things down here are pragmatic. In fact, they've exploded all over the room. I think everything's a little off center, babe. I think, I do, hey. I, I do, dear, I do. I think these, I think these lyrics you're reading are wrong. Yeah? Yeah, I are mean, you on Genius? It's quite possible. Yeah, I'm on genius. Yeah, I think whoever transcribed those lyrics, like maybe English wasn't their first language, um, go to the top uh, YouTube video and look at the lyrics on there. Okay, gotcha. Thank I you, noticed Tim. the same thing when I was like, you know, because I didn't know the song, so I was looking at the lyrics, and I was on Genius, and I was like, I don't think these are right. Oh, yeah, you're right. These are much different. Um but yeah, so this is a good little companion piece to the Pogue song we talked about in another episode. Um, and it's very bitter. It's a very bitter, like, this is definitely another, like, if you're having a bad Christmas, this is a this is your song. Like, this is a bad Christmas song. This is a bad boy, like, in a leather jacket, drinking at the bar alone. You know, he's got his, like, 
and 95 mask pulled down under his chin while he takes a whiskey shot and he's like cursing his girlfriend who broke up with him two weeks ago um dude if you're if you're having a sad christmas it's very throw on yeah the tom waits christmas song and then this one and you'll have yourself a little cry party that's a merry little christmas that's that's a, that's a merry little that crying is... party if i ever heard one <laughs> um you know guys we're we're pretty off the cuff with this episode it was we just thought it'd be fun to put a little mini one out we're just kind of riffing you know me and ian are just riffing about this like kind of almost christmas nick cave bz that we were we were suggested um and I was going to say, it's like, regarding this song, maybe you guys, I was going to say, maybe no one else who's listening has heard this song, but this YouTube video has 600,000 views. So I guess maybe I'm oh, just no, a lot of prayer people, that has never heard A this lot song. of people have heard this. There's uh, one video that, y- that you sent me. That one had like 100,000 views. So um, for an artist like this, that's on YouTube. I think that's a pretty good view count. And um, I think that the one that you talked about it's like a music video he made for it right well, i think this is like fan someone made, made a music like, video yeah. yeah 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 i mean i i one not ever hearing the song before and then two there's not a lot of like lore behind the song i could find because it's a b-side i think this is a good song but i think it's like this is like the shell of a good song. Like I think it would need a couple. Th- there's some work that I think could be done to make it better, which I think is why it didn't end up, end up on the album. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's really a- lovely piano part. It's lovely lyrics, but it doesn't have that thing that really grabs you and sucks you in. Yeah, I. I so my impression of it ultimately was that I think. I remember reading about the more recent records that even like Nocturama, I think like the bad seeds would just go in the studio and just play and like riff around and jam and kind of come up with ideas. And I think, I think that this was probably something that, I mean, that's why it's a B side. I think this was just like a song that, potentially like got through like preliminary writing stages and they were practicing it and then they were playing it in the studio and it was either a little bit too similar to something else they'd been working on or it wasn't as interesting as the other handful of songs they'd curated for the record at that point i think this is you know this is a fine song and the bad seeds are you know they're fine people they made they made this good song and fine um, people and that's that's all you can ask for from a b-side <laughs> like here's just like a cool little idea of like something we were working on yeah and, and that's exactly what i got from it like and the more i played it i will say like i started noticing little flourishes there's some nice little guitar Same. work they have a nice like kind of elongated outro um you know if you guys came here for anything more than like a butterfinger sized episode that's all I got. You know, you just made it through. It's a fun. It is crispy. a fun size. It's fun. It's it's the ones you get on Halloween. You got to eat like four of them to get full. So this is just, you know, this is just a little like, mm, you know, just a little snack before you like sit down for the real meal. You know, 
so we're kind of we're just yeah, I'm just we're just being silly. This is a fun. This is a good song. You know, I don't even know if we should rate it, but if I had to rate it, I'd probably give it like I don't know. It's like a four. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not horrible. Yeah, I'd give it like a it's, five. But again, I don't think ratings really can't fair, rate it. Yeah, I don't think it's probably not a finished work. It is really cool to but see what, that. Like, I wonder. This is making me wonder because there's the B-Sides collection Nick Cave put out. So I just figured that was all the B-Sides they had that were of like a finished quality, like good recordings. But this existing, I'm like, man, how many B-Sides are there out there that like no one even knows about? Probably tons. At this point, he's like Madlib. Like Madlib just has like vaults of material that he can release at any time. Nick Cave well, you know, some is people definitely like, the same way. I mean, this... Some people like I this know this guy lives he was, and I, breathes. <laughs> yeah, Go he ahead. lives and he breathes. I know me without you. Like if they put out a thirteen-song record, maybe they wrote fourteen songs, but like they don't really have B-sides. But I get the impression that yeah, you're right. Nick Cave probably has tons. I mean, the guy just churns out music. For I mean, he yeah. did basically brand new uh, arrangements of all of of original material when he put out idiot prayer uh hmm. back when that when that concert come out like july i think we watched it in july or august yeah, that sounds right uh and then they he put the record out like a couple fridays ago um so i mean the guy is prolific i mean this is this is this is the the version of the artist that we all idolize and that like the guy is constantly working like if he's not in the studio he's with his family like this is his job so I imagine like in the same way that if you have some like shitty nine to five, you know, you've got a lot of word documents you've typed up for some customer or something, whatever you do, you know, whatever and fucking lame for ass him, job you have. This was like a lame ass. Like this was just him. This is one of those days in the studio that we all have where you go in there and you're got everybody's like, we're going to write a song today and you write a song and it's fun and you're having a good time. But everybody's kind of, there's that feeling where it's like, it's just not clicking. You know, it's like you do, you have to do it. You have to go through the motions. You have to try because if you don't try, then you're not, you're not going to get to that next point. Like when I was in Android 18, we would have these practices where I swear to God, I just want to quit the band the next day. Mm-hmm. And then we'd come back the next week. We'd all be refreshed you know, maybe somebody had been preoccupied with a test they had to take or they had maybe. a bad day at work or there's something going on with their maybe. family or they had money maybe. problems. And then maybe. you come back and you're not worried. You know, it passed the temporary nature of this stuff. And, you know, this was a temporary track, you know, and then we got Brompton Oratory, you know, we got Lime Tree Arbor. Lime Tree Arbor. I mean, come on, you know, this what? Hey, wh- this is what, a fa- kind of this is a, a fast. Can I finish, please? Get that. Yeah, get out of here. Okay. Can't get a word in. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go bathroom or something. I'll be back. Jake, you just keep talking. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just playing a character. We're just having fun on Jubilee oh. Street. This is a fun. It's a oh. mini episode. It's like a Butterfinger. You already said that. I was gonna ask, what kind of lame ass jobs do you think the listeners have? I don't know. We have cool listeners. I bet. I bet they probably like sell socks or something. No, I'm just kidding. I was really thinking. What is? What do you think is the coolest <laughs> job that one of our listeners has? I I want to say someone wrote in who was like a zoologist or something. That's a pretty cool job. If you think 
you have a cooler job than a zoologist, please let us know. I would love to know. Dude, I my friend Michael uh, in San Diego who wrote a review for the podcast, he told he he works for the San Diego Zoo as the oh this like, is someone different I'm thinking of and horticulturist. Okay, I'm I'm not talking about him. That's this a cool is job. Email we got. That is a cool job, but that doesn't count because you know him in real life. I I think, who do you think, if there were a member of the Bad Seeds that listened to our podcast, what member would it be? I think straight up, I'm not kidding. I think it would be Nick Cave. Yeah, or Anita Lane. Biggest ego. I know nothing about her in 2020. Um, Neither do I. That's what I'm saying. Curveball. Last last question here, Jake. Let's say that the vaults were open, the proverbial palatial vaults at Nick Cave's estate in England opened up. You had the key. From what you've listened to so far, what what album are you going to first to like look at the B-sides at? That's an awesome question. Um... Can I ask you a counter question before I answer well, that? Lay it on me. What's your counter question? Counterculture question. Counter. What would be like? You know how when you when in Harry Potter when they try to go through that brick wall and Hagrid knows exactly where to touch on the bricks. Yeah, Diagon Alley. What would be the what would be the password for Nick Cave's oh. vault? <laughs> That's an even better question. Probably like fucking probably Lolita, something weird. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one for the fans. If you have an idea of what Nick Cave's vault like password is, let's just say it's like a word or a phrase he would come up with. Oh, send it into the podcast. It, it could be that's a hilarious. It could be that quote from his mom that it was like head high and fuck them all. That's a really good. Yes, phrase. that yeah. I was gonna say it might be like a William Blake poem or a fucking John Milton excerpt or something. Yeah. Um, okay, so you asked about the B-sides. Um, hey, what album do you want to hear all the B-sides from and see what was what they didn't use? Well, I don't know if I've gone on record. I've probably said it You're on past to. episodes, but my favorite, Nick, my favorite Nick Cave album is Push the Sky Away. I haven't listened to all of the other albums he's put out, but... That is the one that I've heard in entirety with a handful of others that I think is the only one I like go I go back to all the time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Ghostine and Skeleton Tree are for specific moments. I do really like uh, No More Shall We Part, but I think Push the Sky Away would be the ones because because I really want to hear the songs that transition into Skeleton Tree because Push, because Push the Sky Away is still very like, you know, rock and roll like kind of like dig lazarus dig grinder man there you can still kind of hear that energy in there and then i want to hear like the cuts that they saved to work on for another album and we're kind of moving into the skeleton tree direction that would be my answer too believe it or not for the same reason like they were coming off of grinder man and dig lazarus dig which are like so rocking and heavy and then push the sky away has all this ambient energy but I bet there's some B-sides of some like heavy-ass songs. I bet they were still getting that out of their system. Yeah. I, I, or maybe I think like heavy versions 
of like the songs on the album, like a really heavy Higgs boson blues or something. Well, what's so cool about that album is that at the end of it, the last song is, you know, you just gotta keep on pushing, push the sky sky away. And that could go straight into like girl and Amber and it would be, you wouldn't even know the album was different. So it's, I don't know that they're such a magical band in that way. Like, I just feel like each record just seems to perfectly like not everyone, obviously, but all the pieces fit really well. Music is magic. When you, it transports you. It's, it's it's magic. You know, it takes you from your meat body into a, celestial being of just pure fucking bliss your <laughs> eyes and ear holes are getting fucked by blicks of bargeld and warren ellis the literal so, manifestation of god himself <laughs> guys and gals and everyone and nick cave fans uh that was our little fun episode about uh yeah I there, do, dear I we do. should wrap this up there's no way this is entertaining yeah this is off the rails, but we do want to shout out again, Kurt Diggler. This episode is basically for you because we appreciate you. Love yeah, thank that. you. you like know, for real, if you have time. If someone, if you didn't let us know, I would have never known about the song. Jake would have never known. Anyone listening, if there's yeah. like a, a B side like this that you like that's not on uh, the collection, let us know because mm-hmm. we probably don't know it. Yeah, and if you, this might be a weird request, but. I mean, we're not big enough to have like a P.O. box or something, but, you know, if you ever want to, if you have like a, like a demo or something that you want to send us a CD or a tape or something, you know, you can always do that. I, uh, I don't have a tape player, but I have like a way to listen to it. Um, and Ian has a, like a record player and stuff like that. So, you know, the options there, if you want us to talk about something, depending on where I am, uh... have access to. Depend on depending on where I'm squatting at at the time, I might have any number of things. Well, you're on the run from the law because you look eerily similar to a bleached hair criminal who terrorizes people around Christmas named uh, Tile. And well, I wear a I mask because I look like, as you know, I look just like a very famous celebrity. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wear a mask to not be confused with said celebrity. I guess he is my parallel counterpart on this dimension. Uh, because that celebrity yes. doesn't exist Brad in Pitt. the dimension I'm from. Brad Pitt. It is not Brad Pitt, but it's someone very famous. It is like, no one's going to believe me. I don't look as good as Brad Pitt. I'm not trying to stroke my ego in a Nick Cave fashion like that way. But it is someone no one of that level of fame. No one brought up Brad Pitt. You just said that. You said Brad Pitt. You were going, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. (laughs) All right, you all. Uh, Check us out. Jubilee Street Podcast at gmail.com. At Jubilee Street Pod on Instagram. Check out at Ian McCurtis. And don't check out at Orange Gemini underscore on Instagram.
I've been calling you soon.